0: are somehow live. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Nobody's
1: ever going to watch this. Look yeah, at it. This
0: is really, really shit.
1: We, ha- we have bad internet. We have bad internet, guys. So we're going to see how this goes.
0: Yeah, you're not even going to want to watch. You may listen.
1: This will be, yeah, Except this is going to be really And I
0: specifically said that we needed to improve the internet, but Jen's a little three sheets to the wind at this point. So <laughs> we're, not, we're not working with a full deck here. So don't put
1: it fun. on me. This is the I told you the hotel Wi-Fi wasn't great, but you didn't like my hotspot. The spot. hotel
0: should have good Wi-Fi. But, but it, it should, totally should right.
1: you know what? I'm not gonna get into that with you.
0: Well, I can only stay so long because I have to drive back to my hotel. You have legit. nowhere else to go right yeah, now. I have not at the moment, I don't. You really have nowhere so else. So it's go. been an interesting couple We've of had days. an interesting couple of days, yes.
1: people. Bear with us, our totally internet. Great is, great is not good Yeah,
0: like I said, the internet is good. Hi guys. Break. Giving us a hard time uh, for the time being. We are you know, in D.C. I'm live on my cell phone. I wonder what different stuff. You know, you should scoot over a little bit because okay. you're like taking up like a lot. Fine. Of
1: let them sit there. No. It, well, now I'm, let me show you what happens if I sit centered in my chair. That's
0: yeah, well, comfortable. that's your choice.
1: Well, that's comfortable to me.
0: Jen, why are we in Washington?
1: We're in Washington because today there was an event that I wanted to attend for World Press Freedom Day, which was. I mean, really generally, press freedom, pro-whistleblowers, pro-First Amendment, but really specifically a Julian Assange event. Um, cool. Well, I, it's hard. Guys, you have to bear with this. I mean, it's not typical.
0: I will go live on my cell phone. See what happens
1: been. if that's better. But like. We started out at the Department of Justice, we walked to the press club, and then we walked again to the Washington Post. There were speakers at each of those locations. Um, Jose was, the, what's Jose's last name? I Jose first. Vega. Jose Vega. Um, yeah, no,
0: we definitely have to do something about this because we're, we're not getting anything, but the signal on my phone is, is pretty strong. All right, then
1: what it, see that. what happens. Then go without Wi-Fi. Then if you want to do it without Wi-Fi, do it without Wi-Fi. Um, but I honestly, there's. An, I'm telling you that I told you that the Wi-Fi sucked here.
0: Well, well then I, I guess we shouldn't have gone live. I mean, we, we either we do a show where people well can then, hear do us us, then, then do it on your phone. Then do it on
1: your phone. I didn't realize it would be this bad on my Verizon on my hotspot because it was that's what I was using before and it was fine.
0: All right, so I have to go to Streamyard.com. I really think it's better on the hotspot. Well, we're gonna find out. Okay, so let me so see what happens. To. All right. So what are you going to switch it
1: to? I'm going to switch it to my hotspot and see what happens.
0: It's not, it's just the same. So I don't know it'll be any different. Well, we're going to, we're, we're going to hope and pray that that is actually, you know, going to make a difference. But for those of you that are here, please smash the like button. We're yeah, guys, we're now. sorry.
1: We're sorry that we're having to, we're, we're We're in D.C. for we were here for a Julian Assange event that happened today. We just had a really nice meeting with Max Alvarez of the Real News. And it was really He's awesome. cool. He's awesome. And it was really cool to meet him in person and just hang out. Everything was off the record. So nothing good to talk about there. <laughs>
0: <Can> <laughs> Lots of good can, stuff to talk can, about. Can we finish our order, please? We're, we're also late night munching. And this is way past hangry. the point that I would want to be eating anyway. He's
1: hangry, so let me order
0: him food. Go we ahead we and We are absolutely not visiting DWS. That is not why we are here. Although we can assure you that no one really does care yes. for her at, at, at all, anywhere, anytime. So there is that. We have that working. She's place. horrid. Yeah, pretty horrid. I would say that that's fair fairest way of putting it. So it's been an interesting couple of days. We have done a little bit of sightseeing. The first thing uh, we did when we met up here was go to the Library of Congress. It's actually the first time I've ever been. It's quite extraordinary, I must say. Really a nice place to visit. Um, You don't really have to wait very long (laughs) to get in. No, it's nice. Uh, Yeah, there's some nice things to see. We managed to, the odyssey of trying to get to the Jefferson Memorial today was quite- Complicated.
1: That was ridiculous. Yeah, it's- ridiculous.
0: It's like they really don't know which way they're coming and going in terms of how to find the actual location, which is quite bizarre. Um, but it is one of the more interesting places to visit in the city. And I will say that, and as Janice pointed out, uh, one of the sayings that is inscribed on the wall oh, I do love this. at the Jefferson Memorial is, as, oh, and, and I quote, I am not an advocate for frequent changes in laws and constitutions, but laws and institutions must go hand in hand with the progress of the human mind. As that becomes more developed, more enlightened, as new discoveries are made, new truths discovered and manners and opinions change. With the change of circumstances, institutions must advance also to keep pace with the times. We might as well require a man to wear still the coat which fitted him when a when a boy, as civilized society to remain he ever under the regimen of their barbarous and barbarous. Is that he said? Barbarous. Barbarous ancestors. I had it the first time. Mm-hmm. Barbarous ancestors. Mm-hmm. So basically, what he is saying is that the, he knew better. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution are living, breathing documents. And that over time, as society evolves, it will need to be amended, not thrown out, not disintegrated.
1: It's a a living thing.
0: But that's why you have amendments. And that's why you have new adjustments that are made. So when somebody says that I'm a constitutional absolutist.
1: That's not a thing.
0: Or an original. Well, I should should be. Yeah, an originalist. It's like, okay, Okay. so you want to live in a time of dysentery and yellow fever. (laughs) If you're okay with that. You know, I thought we eradicated it, but evidently, you know, you want to – I really
1: like the Jefferson. I think that it gets underplayed. I think the Jefferson gets not as good play as the Lincoln. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that it is underrated. I think most people and listen, I like Lincoln, the Jefferson, the Lincoln Memorial is wonderful. Oh, it's a
1: total pain in the ass to get to. Let's argue
0: that. Well, in terms of parking, it is much more difficult than the Jefferson Memorial. The Jefferson the Memorial has, actually has a decent parking. It has a decent
1: parking situation. Which is not much pain you can say about to. DC.
0: No. Yes. Well, finding it, of course, is definitely the hard part. And so today, I think the Lincoln gets a lot more play. Yes, the Lincoln. The Lincoln Memorial definitely- Especially
1: based on location. But I mean, it does. It just gets more play. More people talk about the Lincoln Memorial. There's more, but I don't know. I think the Jefferson is underplayed. And I'd also like to give a shout out to the George Mason Memorial.
0: Yes, the George Mason Memorial is one. The
1: George Mason Memorial, which probably nobody even really stops to look at. But apparently, and I didn't really know this, the George Mason is one of the forefathers of our Bill of Rights in that he wrote the Bill of Rights to the Constitution for the state of Virginia, which actually predated the actual bill of rights that we all know about. And James Madison apparently based his bill of rights, our bill of rights on the one that was written by George Mason for um, the Commonwealth of Virginia. And so it's just very interesting anyway, but there's this really nice Memorial and we took a picture there. The last time we went there, you took a picture of me sitting there next to that George yes. Mason. Mm-hmm. Cause I found it interesting. Like both times I felt like, yeah, that's really interesting. And then when you're walking to, the Jefferson Memorial from where the parking is, there's an opportunity to see this George Mason Memorial and it's really kind of cool. Washington
0: is definitely not a city that you want to drive a car in if you have to park. It is not easy. And of course the park You should have known that and I've told yeah. you that, but you don't listen. Well, I'm usually pretty good at finding spots, but when you you're c- trying to park anywhere near the federal buildings, forget it. It's not going to happen. It's just not so feasible. you got to either have like a special parking pass or if you're lucky enough to work on Capitol Hill. You happen to have, like, these underground parking garages that no one really knows about.
1: Did we do a normal intro, Hi, it's Jen, I'm Peter? Yes, we did I we? think so. I don't think we did.
0: Oh, well. Hi, I'm Peter, and that's Jen, and you are watching Generational Change on YouTube. On Wednesday. Make sure you smash that like button, subscribe, get it out there to everybody. We're probably going to have a very light crowd tonight. So yeah. We didn't promote this. We're on a half hour later than normal. We're, um, we're
1: all over the place, and I am I'm a little toasty.
0: Yeah, Jen's definitely... Um, and throw them <laughs>
1: Because I didn't eat, I ate so long ago, and then I just had two beverages, which for me is a lot of beverages. Yeah. They were somewhat potent, and I went vodka, not rum. I went vodka.
0: No, I was stuck with a Pilsner beer that was like a Stella, and it was a nice dive spot called Lost and Found. You always wanna shout out the small business establishments wherever you go. If you can.
1: It's a great little place, guys. This area that I'm staying in, I don't know what area you would call this. Oh, I don't
0: says. know the neighborhood. Um, I I'm somewhere that.
1: between I'm somewhere between Logan Circle and Penn and 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 Penn Square, whatever they call that Penn, Penn Quarter. I'm yeah. between that and Logan Square basically. And so it's we're a nice ped- area. We're Penn Quarter, that's where we Penn are. Penn Quarter. Yeah. I'm like, kind of north of that. I don't know. But it's a nice area and I and I really like this place. Also shout out to the Eldon Luxury Suites cuz while they're not very luxurious, they're very spacious. And it's very, very nice, and I do like that. I
0: feel like yeah. it's almost
1: like I'm getting an Airbnb. Well, this is
0: definitely a converted apartment. Yeah.
1: Of some kind. But the the price of this was like seriously, it was like the second least expensive hotel accommodation in the vicinity, well, and it stayed, had so much more space. I don't like
0: being in just a room. Well, I'm staying in Arlington, and it's a place that's pretty um, convenient, nice. I would say, in terms of distance. And of course, you know, price is a concern to me as always. Uh, so the I truth is
1: like honestly if the, the only problem with you ever staying here is the fact that we only have one bathroom i he and i can't stay with one bathroom not well it's not good no I so because it. this is a sleeper sofa there but yeah. yeah we still have only one
0: bathroom so we came into town um, it's been fun we've run into some i met ryan grimm in
1: person that was fun
0: ryan is good people. i got to
1: meet ryan grimm this couple. morning in person i went it's so nice to meet him in person I got to meet jose in person yeah, Medea, we've met in person, but it's still always good to see Medea. Well, Medea
0: has a place in Miami, so...
1: And if people are not aware, Medea's the shit, man. She
0: is. Love her. So we uh, put a short out, um, spliced together a whole bunch of clips. Um, you know, they... Um, we were able to capture some really good sound bites from Medea, from Jose. Jen even had an opportunity to speak, uh, took some good shots. And look... Thankfully you know, captured are, by our friend Ryan Grimm, who yes. was nice enough
1: to because I would never say anything to anybody about take my picture. I hate that shit well it'll never get that
0: picture. but bottom line, uh, you know our constitutional rights are going away every day, and people want to pretend like it's not happening and so, and it's even big. the posts that we put out there, it is amazing it is still amazing, even to this day how people say Julian Assange isn't a journalist. Like you really don't understand don't what understand. journalism is. You don't need like a journalist badge to be a journalist. <laughs> Every citizen is, get, do you know what citizen journalism is? You have to be a means? certified journalist. Do you know what citizen journalism is? To the, I, I mean, honestly, I choose my words carefully because I really don't want to offend people. But you don't know what you're talking about when you say that Julian Assange is not well, a Well, but
1: here's the more important issue. Okay, that's looking at it from the legal perspective in terms of if he qualifies as a journalist from in terms of what this means, criminal liability wise, right? But when it comes to the first amendment, something I think is very important and people really forget and forgive me guys because I am slightly intoxicated. But the thing about the first amendment isn't so much the right of the press to put out information, okay? That's that's not really the, the part of it that matters more. It's our right to hear that information. It's the right to put out the information for the benefit of the public, okay? So it really is irrelevant if you categorize somebody as a journalist or not. That's really not the point. When we're talking about the free press, it's about public information, information that is of value to the public, being put out to the public that is basically anti the establishment, okay? Now, generally speaking, historically, that's been journalists, the fourth estate, muckrakers, those have been the the people that have done that job. It has generally fallen to journalists to do that job. Embarrassingly now, we don't really have that as much anymore. Now, again, I do actually think that it doesn't matter whether you call Julian a journalist or not, He's acting in the capacity of the press by publishing relevant information that's factual. So it's, it doesn't matter whether or not he qualifies as a journalist. That's completely irrelevant, and, and, and that's what's annoying. To, and, and I do think that if, if Julian says he's a journalist, then he's a journalist because what that he can be whatever he wants to be. He's putting out factual information. Our right, our free press, First Amendment, is our reception of the information. People don't forget that. All right, I don't give a shit about the rights of the Washington Post or the New York Times. I don't give a shit about the rights of WikiLeaks. I care about our right to have that information and this is how we get that information. And I think that's the, the that's sort of like the constitutional imperative of the 1st Amendment is to create an educated electorate. It isn't to protect the rights of journalists to say whatever they want.
0: And why is Assange being And prosecuted? yes, I do
1: I do protect the rights of journalists to say what they want as humans under the first amendment, but our press right is about us getting the information. Why is Julian Assange being prosecuted? Cuz he pissed off Hillary Clinton.
0: But what is the reason being given that he's being prosecuted? They want to prosecute
1: Well, they've tried a few things. They're actually at the point now where in order to properly extradite him and charge him under the Espionage Act, they're having to essentially prove that he contributed to and was a co-conspirator in the hacking into the system and to get the information that was actually provided by Chelsea Manning, which Chelsea Manning, even though, who is one of the bravest people on earth, even though being held in, I can't even imagine, the kind of conditions that she was held in, um, still refused to give them what they wanted, which was her to say that, oh, Julian Assange, help me. He's told me to do. They need to prove a causal link between Julian Assange and illegally obtaining information. And they don't have it. They don't have it. So ultimately what they're doing is they're prosecuting Julian Assange for printing the truth hence the violation of the First Amendment. So they might want to create a scenario where they can say Julian Assange hacked this, did that, but those are all untrue and they have no evidence of that, none whatsoever. Because if they had any evidence whatsoever of Julian Assange actually hacking or doing anything like that, then Obama would have prosecuted him in the first place. But he knew that they didn't. And he knew that the only way to be able to get him would be under this very weak link to the espionage. Act. And it's the total death of the First Amendment. I cannot stress this enough. I've been saying it for about, I feel like it's been 15 years. I know it hasn't quite been 15 years, but it's like, hear me now, quote me later. Julian Assange being extradited and prosecuted by the, on, on the behalf of the Espionage Act, or you know, in accordance to the Espionage Act, is the death of the First Amendment in this country. It's the end, it's done. You can no longer print the truth. People are now at risk for printing the truth. We have been completely, I do not think people understand the gravity, the there, gravity of and the and situation. The arg-
0: yeah, and the argument that's being used is that, well, we're not actually, you know, the, you don't hear people like piping it up their lungs, prosecutor son, prosecutor such. No, you are a co-conspirator in not saying anything about this. Any media like, person not. that, and any I media person. I don't want to hear another word from you, Jimmy, or anybody else out there about Ryan Grimm ever again. You may not like some of his takes. You may not like the fact that he gives favorable coverage to the squad. He was there today. Oh, yeah. And he was there with your boy. And you know who I'm talking about. And eventually it will get back to you. And the fact that he was there covering this tells you all you need to know. You know who else was covering this today and wrote a piece on it? John Nichols of The Nation. He covered this. And I guarantee you our friend Max Alvarez at The but Real But he news. wasn't out
1: there. He's in No, but he's he, in Wisconsin. Wisconsin but
0: yeah. he wrote about... Uh, what was happening today with Assange and and us being there. So there are good people that are out there, but there's so few, so few that will actually stand up and say the truth. And there are reasons why probably the biggest reason why is because unfortunately in this town, people want to be in the club. They want to be in.
1: I just, if, if here's, here's really what it comes down to. If you see somebody that is a quote unquote journalist works for a news organization, anything like that, and they are not adamantly screaming on behalf of Julian Assange, then they're not really journalists. They're just not. No. They're just talking heads. I, I, I assure you that they are talking heads because any, your, your Greg Pallast of the world, your like actual journalists of the world have been screaming about this for years. Abby Martin for, for years.
0: So everybody you're watching, if they're not talking
1: about this, they're not a real journalist.
0: Even people that we know that are that we're friendly with that would be considered journalists by a normal standard are not going to touch this. And the reason they won't touch it is because they do. They do care about whether or not they're invited into certain circles. I think, you know, one of the people I'm talking about,
1: I'm not even sure who you're talking about because anybody journalist person that we know covers this pretty much.
0: Maybe so, but they vary. there are also those who cover it in a very- Like Jordan
1: doesn't focus on it, but he covers no, it. No,
0: absolutely. I was talking
1: about it. Uh, like years. I mean, you know, it's not his area an older, of focus. An older liberal. An oh, liberal.
0: okay. All
1: right.
0: So unfortunately, for those reasons, it becomes this whole, well, this really is a slight on the Democratic Party and we just can't have that. Look, the Republicans lost their shit when Assange revealed what he revealed back in 2010 about the torture program with President, Ob- uh, President Bush. You know, this is not uh, unfortunately for so many people, this is just the this is the effect of the two party duopoly in its worst form, which is. If it's bad from our side, we're simply going to smear it, whitewash it, do whatever we have to do to justify that this this caused Hillary Clinton to lose. You mean proving that the uh, 2016 primary was rigged?
1: I resent that entire I reject that and resent that that entire argument. What caused Hillary Clinton to lose is that she sucks. Yeah, so she what caused Hillary Clinton to lose was Hillary Clinton sucking. That's what caused her to lose. And I, I any and other, Biden, any other thing the, is, is irrelevant. And the
0: same is true for Joe Biden. He would have lost if it wasn't for the pandemic. And he'll lose now. You he will can't be even And anyone who pretends like it's not, listen. Before the pandemic hit, remember it was already looking like by. Remember the screw job was already in. In, excuse me. I mean, the COVID was here already, but it didn't really take off. Until it became pretty obvious that this was not going Bernie's way and that they had the the fix, if you will, was in for Joe Biden. And the numbers were already coming out at that time that it was like 80 to 85 percent that Trump was going to be reelected. By the time that COVID had taken over and he had completely botched it and everything that was going on, the scales had clearly tipped in Joe Biden's favor. It took a once in a lifetime circumstance for something like that to once in a once in a, a century type of circumstance, and it won't happen again. It won't happen again. But and the, the worst part is, is the fact that he did beat Trump, and now they
1: think that he's going to beat him again. No, no, but he was actually correct in the very beginning when he said, "Is he when he was running? I'm going to be a one term president." Yes, you will. Jim. Yeah, he
0: really will be, and now it's just going to be mm. worse and worse. And let me tell you, uh, one of the things that's interesting. Because we all know what's happening with the first person who has challenged Joe Biden. But the second person
1: Let's talk who has about decided
0: that. to get into this race, RFK Jr., let me tell you, I have probably pretty strong disagreements with him, especially about health care. But with that said, he has some pretty based takes about a number of issues, including Julian, Julian Assange. Assange. So, and Levy, make-
1: yeah, I, how you can do it however you want me to do it because you don't like this thing. No, I don't
0: want to mess up your. This is your. We are working on Jen's computer right now. It's my laptop. So, it'll be sad if Trump was doing this nonsense again. Let me tell you something, me, Master. If we will have brought, well, I mean, in some technical sense, we will have brought it on ourselves. There's no question about it. But the fact is, the system's broken. So So let's talk about
1: this. Go to where you can read it if you want to read it. Okay. Go to. So
0: here is a statement that was just made uh, yesterday by RFK Jr. Instead of championing free speech, the U.S. actively persecutes journalists and whistleblowers. First of all, the fact that he even said that line alone. You don't even need to address Julian Assange. The fact that you said that.
1: Yes. It's pretty freaking big. Well, it's more than anybody else has done.
0: Correct. I'll pardon brave. I'll pardon Brave truth-tellers like Julian Assange and investigate the corruption and crimes they expose. Listen, I don't give a damn that RFK, I am sure, did not write this, but the fact that he greenlit this and is cool with it... And is having it attached to
1: his name, that counts. Look, it matters what you'll put your name to. I don't. Everybody uses speechwriters.
0: And echoing his own father, this isn't the Soviet Union. Correct, it's not. The America I love doesn't imprison dissidents.
1: And then he continued...
0: Other brave truth-tellers include... John Kiriakou, Chelsea Manning, Reality Winner, Daniel Hale, Thomas Drake, Jeff Sterling, and Edward effin Snowden. Snowden. Well, he didn't say that, well, I'm sorry. He's,
1: he's outliving that. They were trying to return America to its democratic and humanitarian ideals. So let, let me be very clear that in my mind, if I were facing my democratic primary right now, if that were sitting in front of me right now, I'm voting for him. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I, if it were right now and not my three choices were my three choices in a democratic primary, that alone gets me to vote for him. And I have said it very many times as far as even the idea of voting for Joe Biden again, there is a list of things he would have to do. This would be one of the things on that list that, that he would have to do. The fact that that RFK Jr. has specifically said, and by name called out these individuals that he supports them is one of the biggest things that I don't think I've seen anybody on any national stage in any capacity at talking like that. Bernie a little bit. Bernie a little bit talks about that stuff, but not like that.
0: Definitely agree. Um, Joe, uh, I do not believe, um, I, I can't really say for certain because uh, I don't want to misquote. I do not believe that Marianne has addressed this topic. But what I will say is that regardless if she has or not, she has in no way, shape or form, addressed it the way that RFK did.
1: Like he was unequivocal. He's
0: putting himself in harm's way by making that statement. The fact that he named names. Yeah. And it's just the beginning because he just got in the way. And I,
1: we talked about this earlier. And I do think that to some extent that he does have the privilege, additional privilege to being a Kennedy in terms of willing to put his name out there and be able to take some shit and take some heat. He has a certain sort of baseline support network just by who he is that he could probably endure more scrutiny than another person. And let's
0: be honest, you know, here's a guy that knows that his father and his uncle was murdered, were murdered by our shadow government. And with that in mind, it's like, He knows 10 times more than what we know. Like, he knows the depths of how far this goes. And the fact that he, in some ways, seems like he may be lining himself up to potentially martyr himself, like his father, is pretty freaking insane to think that he's willing to do that. And I
1: I looked into him a little bit. I mean, look, there's definitely some background stuff that's less than ideal, the, you know, the thing with the, with his last wife, like the suicide. Look, there's now, some definitely now some here's shit. Got, now,
0: Brian brings up a good point. You know, no one here is a fan of nepotism by any stretch. So why don't you take the opportunity now to share some of his credentials okay. and why he could be in, in this well, position? Well,
1: guys, I mean, look, there's no doubt about it that when you're a Kennedy, that opens all the doors that lead you to these opportunities. Correct. That's true. Okay, so his level of education, his opportunities in terms of who he met and who he's been able to work with. Yeah, that's a red carpet for Kennedy, no doubt. But that doesn't necessarily mean they all have to choose this path. I would urge you guys to look up some of the environmental work he's done and some of the people he has gone after. Because this is where, yes, I do think having the name Kennedy gives somebody a certain extra set of cojones to to do certain things. But he's sued. uh, He sued our military. He sued. Was it the U.S. Navy? He sued yeah. the U.S. Navy. He sued. He sued Exxon. He's he's he been sued part Exxon
0: of, Mobile. I mean, that's pretty. He's
1: basically case. like it. Well, it's like Stephen Dantiger. Um RFK Jr. is an environmental attorney that has been representing the most d- indigenous, downtrodden. Like people that are the biggest victims of environmental injustice, and he's been in that so again, and I'm not saying that any one thing is all. I know he's had some not good takes i'm not I'm not endorsing him. I'm just saying I would encourage people to look at his work experience because when you are in his position, you don't really have to do anything. you really don't. You don't have to do anything. Just he could have that. just be at his cushy. He could be at a cushy practice, and could he like is. Chit,
0: he could be like Chelsea Clinton. I'm just. He's um, at.
1: A, he's at a nice law firm, but but the cases that he has taken on are very David and Goliath cases. And even though, yes, he has an advantage because of his name and because of his background, the fact that he's willing to lend that privilege to this when he doesn't have to.
0: And he is putting himself in harm's way.
1: That, that to me speaks volume. I am a very big proponent of this concept of lending privilege. I think it's, it's one of my biggest motivators. And I feel like my privilege just being who I am and the life I was born into, it is so imperative that we lend that. But this is someone I think that really did do that. And he does that. So I would just encourage you guys to check out his resume. And and look at his, he's absolutely somebody who's qualified. Um, and yeah, there's some negative shit there. There's no doubt there is some negative shit. If you guys wanna go dig up some negative shit on him, there is some, but it looks like to me that he has spent the vast portion of at least the past 15, 20 years focusing on environmental justice.
0: Rufio, um, it's a hell of a lot more than that. Just put it that way. Oh. Uh, all I can say is, uh, and, and this is all we're going to say on the matter um, she'll be thanking our lucky stars that RFK is in the race because it's going to go out with a whimper and it won't even be noticed because there is somebody <laughs> who's in the race now who I do think is legitimate and he's going to potentially be a force. Yeah. I I said from the very beginning I said look they're going to try to hammer him with the Vax stuff he is not anti vax What he is, is he's anti mandate and anti vaccine when it comes to just completely trusting the government regarding the COVID vaccine. Now, what you guys have to remember, I took the vaccine. I'm not here to tell people what they should and shouldn't do. There were three different versions of it that clearly, you know, whether it was, I mean, I took the Pfizer one. Uh, There were issues with Moderna. (laughs) And I think it kind of went out with a whimper with the Johnson and Johnson one, from what I recall. Do you know how long it takes to perfect? a vaccine, to actually deal with the trials that have to go on, the average amount of time, the average length of time to get a vaccine correct, five years. That's how long it takes. And yet we were to believe that this was going to completely eradicate. That's what they were telling us. They say we have the vaccine. This is going to end COVID. You all have to take this thing. say, the the dangers of what actually comes from being infected with the virus, like it's a cocktail that will prevent you from getting sick. Now, does everybody need to take that? The answer is clearly no. The people who needed to take the vaccine were the people who were, let's say, having pre-existing conditions, have serious health problems that they need to deal with and could potentially be susceptible if they have a weakened immune system. There are a lot of things to consider if you are dealing with this problem. And so I don't know, To again, I didn't listen to all of the things that RFK said regarding the vaccine. So I'm not about to, you know, psychoanalyze what his intentions were if he was telling people, don't take this, it's poison, it's blah, 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 blah. blah. Again, the reality is the mandates were completely pointless. Um, the, you know, forcing people at their jobs and costing them their jobs if they didn't take it. Again, I got vaccinated. I don't begrudge people who took it or didn't take it. All you know I know is that, excuse me? You know why I got vaccinated. Yeah, sure. Uh, ultimately, it was a decision that should have been left up to the individual and that was not how it was done. So believe it or not, there are a hell of a lot of people out there that may not say it publicly, but they're on the Democratic side and they agree with RFK. They definitely agree with RFK about the vaccine. Correct. Correct. You're really underestimating how many people are pissed off about it. Well, I was pointing out how I just don't think it's relevant enough to stop people from the average. The average trial that it takes to get a vaccine perfected at a minimum is five years.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna. Here's the problem with it: is agree with him or not agree with him? It's not a hill to die on either direction. It just isn't because it's not like the president of the United States. That the most important thing about him is what his position was on vaccines. It really isn't. It's not. It's something that is. it's, It's a side note. It's not that important.
0: No, but I also think that a lot of people, if if if, <coughs> if if Bobby gets $10, $20 million behind him, he's going to be dangerous. And if he wins New Hampshire, he's going to be really dangerous.
1: And after what they just did to New Hampshire? That's, the, it's a Bobby, variety of things.
0: Bobby is dangerous because he's capable of polling over 15%. He's, po- he's capable of polling over 25%. And if the Democrats do not allow there to be a legitimate primary process, including a minimum of three to five debates, let me assure you, you are handing the election to the GOP.
1: Now, I Guaranteed. am of the belief that it's irrelevant.
0: I don't agree with that. I know. The reason I There's, don't agree we, I with I know that, you don't. No, I think the, I, the only reason I think that the, the debates are reason are, are necessary is because for a lot of people, they don't know who these guys are. So there are people who may know who Bobby Kennedy Jr. is. They may know who Marion is or whoever is running. But getting on that, getting in front of the national audience.
1: What I'm saying is, is all roads lead to whoever is the Republican person winning.
0: Very likely. Yes.
1: That's what I'm saying. So whether or not the Democrats host a primary or take the debates or do any of that stuff, that's sort of to me, it's like. Uh, you could have your little fun, have your little party, have your little primary. It really doesn't matter. They, The truth is, is that none of these people are going to be able to beat whoever the Republican person is. Uh, I just don't think it's possible. I would,
0: I would argue that if RFK were the nominee, he would have a puncher's chance because I could see the argument. Uh, yeah. Josh, you're right. He needs to get on all of the state ballots, which is key. Um, uh, and I and I and Richard, we would agree. Um, you know, what I would also say, which is important, and I think a lot of people need to understand this. Biden is a
1: big part of why capitalism is failing. Let's not forget he's been a big participant in the problem, specifically in this country, for the better part of the last 4 years. Well, I've actually years.
0: said repeatedly, everyone thinks that Trump was the wake-up call. No, it's Biden wow. that's the wake-up call, because people are being reminded of how Trump got in there in the first well, place. Well, and the
1: fact that, that Trump getting rid of him and things still being really horrible, um, it, that that's not the problem.
0: No, it's the system that's the problem. Trump is a symptom of the system. And he doesn't let he let the cat out of the bag and they are absolutely living.
1: I would argue that Joe Biden is much more of an architect of the problem than Trump could ever be. Well,
0: Trump is. the Well, I mean, look, Biden is the architect of not only the crime bill, but NAFTA as well. Like you want to talk about a, That's what, yeah. a system president, a person who has lived Joe Biden's been at it for 50-plus years on Capitol Hill. That's pretty scary. It's
1: ridiculous.
0: So we we don't need that. Again, you're not going to have the big, bad COVID boogeyman to scare the shit out of people into thinking that it's okay to get him back in the White House again. It won't work. And the fact that they're trying to close off every wall of this man being challenged Do you know how bad that's gonna look once things really pick up in the fall? This is the calm before the storm. You all think that, oh, it's not like anybody's paying attention. The second we get through the end of the summer, this thing is gonna blow up like you have no idea.
1: Well, it'll blow up specifically when everybody sees that the Republicans are going through their process and having all their stuff in their primaries and their debates and all that stuff. And that will be a lot more glaring that, oh wait, the Democrats don't likewise believe in democracy.
2: No.
0: that prospect they are completely content with the prospect of him getting in there again and just tearing shit up much worse than before you think it was bad then that's nothing compared to what you're going to see if he gets in there again
1: well especially since he'll, he'll have, have an
0: axe to grind
1: and and no cause to give a shit you're not talking about having to be reelected at that point
0: you know josh you bring up a really great question and the fact is we were completely of the mind that DeSantis was going to be the next president. Yeah. We could have never foreseen that he would pass that abortion ban. That, on yeah. top of everything that's been right going on, the fact that yeah. it's been so obvious for so long that this was the hill that they would die on if they had if they were stupid enough to do it. And he was stupid enough to do it.
1: Yeah. I think that, that what, what he could have done was maybe realize that this was maybe more of a fight that he wanted to get into with Trump and said, you know what, I'm just going to sit here for a bit, cool my heels. It won't matter if I sign this or not because come 28, if I decide to run, that'll be old news by then. And so maybe he, because honestly, I don't see how anybody who is seriously about running for a national race would, um, support something so so unpopular. Yeah,
0: and for some, and for a lot of the people out there that had fear, of whether rational or irrational, regarding DeSantis, you know, when it comes to how things are run at the federal level versus the state level. Yeah, you know, the thing about DeSantis that you guys have to remember is that it's actually a blessing in disguise that he is as authoritarian as he is, because he's a national figure. There are a lot of governors in states that you do not pay attention to, and yeah. I guarantee you, do the same shit. They oh, do the exact yeah, same Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. They sure. are the judge, jury, and executioner. And there is no position without question. It's probably on the border of about ninety percent of the commanders in chief in the history of this country. It's over eighty percent. They're governors. That's who makes it to the White House. Governors make it to the White House. Joe Biden is a rare example of somebody who was a <clears throat> senator who made it to the White House and a vice president. But
1: that's that's why. I think that's also the key thing. I is that he was a Well, he president.
0: never had any momentum. From no, too. no. Trump no. obviously is an enigma. He is one of only three presidents that have never held elected office. Eisenhower and Washington are the other two. Both of, of whom military. I, both of whom we would not ever compare Donald no. Trump to. No. Uh, so here we are staring down the barrel of a Trump and dissent. Excuse me, a Trump and Biden. Round two. Round two. And it's definitely not what the people want.
1: And it's not going to go the same way.
0: Now, could you imagine if Kennedy starts really stirring stuff up? I mean, he could. He's got that ability.
1: Well, let's, I mean, you know, it's interesting. I mean, he definitely has the the guts. I mean, he's definitely challenged. And he's somebody that isn't scared of, and and that's again, that's a Kennedy privilege that he doesn't have to be concerned about the establishment because the Kennedys are the establishment. Like you, he's not worried about pissing off the top of the party. He don't care. No, he don't care. It doesn't matter to him at all. He doesn't have to play in their sandbox because why? Because he's a Kennedy. It just is. It's one of those things. It is. I, I mean, it's unfortunate, but that's how it works.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's going to be very-
1: It's going to be hard to- un... It's hard to hurt that credibility. It is, Then it matters to people. And especially given that boomers are still voting in around, And especially when you're talking about who's voting in the Democratic party. The people who are voting in the party, the young people, most of them are not registering as Democrats. The people that are voting in the Democratic party are going to be a lot of older people, a lot of boomers. And I got to yes. tell you the Kennedy thing matters.
0: And Ronald, great to meet you today. Nagarani as he is known online. Really nice to meet you. Thank you for showing up at the event today. Yeah, Obviously it would be nice for a lot more people that were there, but hey, you know, you take what you can get. Uh, Ultimately, I do think that people are really underestimating in this very moment how pissed off people are. I also think people are underestimating the prospect of there potentially being some type of an independent slash third party candidate who's gonna run. I can easily see Dave Smith running on the Libertarian ticket and he'll gain some momentum. If there is a circumstance where Jesse Ventura could get on the ballot, even if it's on the forward party, hell, maybe he does go for it and he would be a force to be reckoned with.
1: I'd be happy if Jesse Ventura would run as a libertarian.
0: If they'd open the door and just let him go. I know. He'd be he'd be dangerous. The thing is, is
1: that he's not with them on a lot of things. No,
0: he's not because he believes in universal health care. I know. And you libertarians better get your. And ass he believes on in things
1: like public education. Yeah. And, you know what I mean. So that's the problem.
0: Literally pull They're, yourself. He's off with off them your dad's on the bootstraps. war
1: and and a lot of that stuff. Civil liberties. Great. Yeah. yeah. No, listen,
0: you take a little bit. Everyone wants to be in a one box.
1: Um, I don't have an ism. I will. I. You know what? It's I refuse to subscribe to an ism.
0: Everything that you can take from somebody that says, "I like this, I like that, this works for me," and that's it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't like isms. Who does? I always say the only ism for me is genism. I believe I follow genism. Just gen. Just gen. Well, I just, I don't like the idea of, you know, once you say you subscribe, then that means you're going to bend over backwards and contort everything to fit into that box. And, or you're living sort of like what we call my friend in law school would call a cafeteria Catholic. You know, you just sort of pick and choose what works for you. Yum. Um, yum, yum. Yeah. So like, but that's why I would just as soon say, I don't have an ism. If you don't have a thing, I don't have an ism. I don't, I, I don't have a thing because why? Why would I want to label myself as a thing? I really would rather not have a party. I don't particularly have any, like I'm not, I refuse to follow any sort of religion. I don't want an ism. I, I just don't. I don't need a, a doctrine of which to yeah, live by. And, and I think that's I'm, the problem. And that's,
0: is, and that's also the problem with a lot of the older voters is that they're, they've just been, that it's ingrained in their brain to pick a team, team reps. Yeah, well, team a lot blue. of people like
1: teams. They like teams. They like labeling. It's easier for people to categorize you if you fit into a category, which is why people have so much trouble with and I hate to say, transgender people uh, and non binary uh, well, people.
0: But it's, it's listen, it's also the thing that I've tried to explain to people. Chris, great when to people see you don't, don't do fit
1: anyways. into a category, that causes a lot of people discomfort, which to which I say, I don't give a it's shit. It's also
0: listen. It's also the thing I'm that I think there. a lot of people do not understand when it comes to things like the pronouns is that people there is this desire to have some form of an identity that they can say, well, this is me, this is who I am, this is you know, it's well, the, the tattoos. There's an obsession with ink that has never been seen before, but so much of it is. When you ask somebody, why do I get so much ink? Why is that tattoo, that tattoo, this sleeve, this and that? And what do they always say? Tequila. This is, you know, this is important to me. This means something to me. This is who I am. This is who, this is how I identify myself. And for so many, they feel like there's like a lack of identity in the world today. And so just picking a team It's like, well, I'm a Democrat, well, I'm a Republican, I'm a Libertarian, I'm a Green. I think it's more
1: that other people like to label people because it makes it easier for them to classify you and judge you. I don't know that it's necessarily so much that people want to give themselves labels as much as other people like to know, well, what party are you? Well, what religion are you? Well, what do you believe? Are you, do you believe in socialism? Or are you a communist? Are you a capitalist? Do you believe in, like, everybody feels the need to label you because it makes them feel better that you fit into some friggin' box that's their paradigm of the universe. And I just, I reject that. I do not have an ism. I reject no, I isms. Agree. <clears throat> no, I
0: agree. And I also think that this is a, look, it's going to, the system is collapsing on itself. Oh. How it ultimately spirals and disintegrates or whatever's going to happen. I don't know. I just know that enough people are really getting tired of this and they're having a very hard time justifying it. And the only reason why Joe Biden is being thrust upon us again is because they know that they don't have any way of selling their bullshit anymore. And they will hire the little twerps of the world. And that's what they are. uh, The privileged twerps, because it's not like they're picking these little kids off the street. That are just trying to make it in this world. They're actually giving privileged kids these big platforms within the democratic establishment to say that Joe Biden's the most progressive president in my life. Well, do you
1: think they'd be able to find other kids to do that that weren't privileged kids to to
0: lie through their teeth, considering how bad things are? And anyone who thinks that things are not bad, believe me, they're bad. Really freaking bad. That's bad. So pretending like it isn't. There's tents everywhere here, by the way. There is. There's tents everywhere. And again. It's a bad and
1: and um, by the way, unhoused and untented. There's plenty of that too. Oh yeah, I've seen and so many people. Like this is it's out of control here. Yes, we, yes, we
0: did neoliberal tears. Medea's a champion. She's she's the real deal.
1: Oh, I love less. her. We saw her today. She came over to our event and spoke after that event. And um, yes, we
0: took some good pictures. We'll put some. Good I I up. do love
1: me some Medea. She's something special. She's she like is. friggin' firecracker. Feisty. I just, she's great. Um, yeah, she's one of the people that's in it for the real right reasons and she's in it for the fight and she's extremely smart. And let me tell you something. They're scared of her. It's fascinating. She, I yeah. cannot tell you how teeny this woman is. This is like this petite. She's the most non-threatening looking person you can think of. And yet they're so scared of her because as soon as she showed up, that's when the Capitol police showed up.
0: But nobody ever called the police on her like <laughs> Debbie Wasserman Schultz did. No. Yeah, Debbie called the police and on And she Medea. had her chucked. <laughs>
1: You're joking me.
0: And I'm thinking this lady is going to get killed.
1: First of all, Debbie, if Medea wanted to kick your ass... She would
0: man. Imagine if, ben- <laughs> man, Debbie, if Medea Benjamin can kick your ass. Maybe it really is time to just go. I'm not
1: saying because Medea. Look, she is. This is somebody who is like a pacifist, anti-war 75 person. Pounds, <laughs> right, but the fact. But here's the thing: is I honestly, she's got the balls on her. See, that's the thing. That's why they're scared of her. Doesn't matter. She's she's threatening because she is not scared of them. Mm-hmm and that's very very scary to them but yeah the fact that somebody would be scared of her physically is hilarious she's scary not physically but physically no no i can i can think of like bambi maybe like there's not a whole lot of things that are less physically threatening than medea but yes our congresswoman did call the capitol police on her and accused her of assault
0: ryan Grimm was obviously great to meet. um we have a follow-up conversation with him soon Talk about a guy who runs a tight ship and I like, him. you know, he's a hands-on pop.
1: I like Ryan.
0: Yeah. There are a lot of good people that are out there.
1: Yeah. But the, the DC activists, the DC Assange team, you guys are amazing. And I I'm so appreciative that they, <clears throat> I mean, I know that we're all in it in the same idea, the same mission, and they know that I obviously this is something I really care about. But they were very, very inclusive and very welcoming. And not all activists and all organizations work that way. There that is, is a correct. lot. There is a lot not of a egos. There's a lot of egos and a lot of fiefdoms and a lot of people that care about credit and getting credit and it being their. Event. There's there is a lot of ridiculous, petty nonsense in the activist left. Um, and so I was just very appreciative the, the you know, like it was Anne Wilcox and, and what, what's, um, Suzanne, I forget Suzanne, Suzanne Murphy. Great. And there were a bunch of women, mostly it's, yeah. I hate, to, there were a few guys, but there was mostly older women and they were, they were amazing and they were just so nice. And I felt very like welcome by them. Yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was really cool. And they actually asked me to speak, which was sweet. Like I wasn't expecting to, I think they were just so amazed that somebody would come here from Florida for this. Like, I think that was just so exciting for them. And I'm like, sorry, I brought you not the good weather. Yeah, um, it was a little cold. But that's okay. It wasn't bad.
0: No, it was in the mid 50s. It was it, fine. It's...
1: It was a little overcast dreary, but it was fine. Yeah. I just it was Windy. really nice. And I don't always feel like in our community in our activists, part of the world down in South Florida, it, it doesn't commingle like that. There's a lot more, it's, it's very territorial, and it's very, very ego-driven. But I have
0: no idea how to build coalitions. See, for me, it's always been easy. Because, as I've always said, I could easily run against Wasserman Schultz for Congress, but I would lose. And I know I would lose, even though I could probably be a great candidate, because I check my ego at the door. It isn't about me, it's about always recognizing what the mission is and doing what is necessary (laughs) to further that mission. I wanted you to run against
1: Debbie. I wanted him to run and me be the campaign manager. This is
0: specifically why I get highly critical of people who choose to run for these offices and ask for money when they have absolutely no business doing it whatsoever, because they're not moving the needle in any way. Shape or form. They're wasting time. They're wasting money. They're wasting hours. And it isn't
1: just because you don't win. It isn't just because you don't win. We ran a campaign that we didn't win, but we didn't waste our time. We built up resources and momentum and coalition and service. And it's it depends on what is your mission and what is your campaign trying to achieve. And there are ways to do this if you run a service based campaign. If you're building coalitions with labor and with um, all the different communities you're creating part of the snowball that we need to go forward so win or lose it's still it's still a good move and but there's people that will run campaigns that are about them and they're also not a great candidate so one they have no chance of winning and two their campaign isn't really about furthering the
0: mission i'm going to give you a guy i'm going to give you guys a name right now that i'm going to call out and i don't give a shit
1: All right, let me just right now saying the opinions of Peter Hager reflect that of himself alone. Now it's funny
0: because I don't recognize the person's name who's running against Lauren Boebert, who is, you know, on the running as (laughs) part of like the Democratic establishment. Is it the same person
1: as last time? Yeah, same guy.
0: You see, he's a candidate worth backing, even if the Democratic establishment is there. I totally get a a race like that. The race that I have a problem with Um, is a race like John Burroughs, who's running against Kevin McCarthy out in California. That is like a plus 20, plus 25 R district. And I know he's getting a boatload of money from the establishment because I know who retweets his stuff, because I know these guys that are in the higher echelon of what you would consider the millennial Gen Z group of people that pump up these accounts. They're white collar carnies. That's exactly what's going on here. They're and carnies. so John Burroughs, who's constantly talking about, "I'm going to defeat Kevin McCarthy." No, you're not. going to do anything. You're going to do nothing, and you're going to waste money and time and resources because oh, somebody's got no. This is like the same Yahoo dumb efforts out there that did the same shit la- uh, two it's years Marjorie ago Kepler with Marjorie Taylor Greene, oh and it was God. three of them that went at it to try to get the nomination to lose by thirty points See, in the Is not helping your mission, and that is that's something not that helping doesn't, anything, and that's something that doesn't get called out. And the reason it doesn't get called out is because we have a very big problem in the political arena, especially on the Democratic side, uh, with this thing called the consultant class. And everyone should know that that is what is one of the biggest problems that we have yeah. in the two-party system. That's why
1: we see so many of the fucked up campaigns that we see. Correct. They make and, and no people, sense on yeah.
0: paper, but people are getting paid. Pay a
1: lot of money. Mm-hmm. They're suckling at that nice, that nice consultant teat of the campaign. And these are real white-collar carnies, let me Absolutely. tell you. These people are like, basically, they're like... Um, sycophants that move from one or like viruses that move from and they they have to be hosted from one host to another and they just move around the country and they don't care if they win and they don't care what your mission is. They're getting paid. That's what they care about. And that's all these consultants that are working on all these campaigns. That's all that matters to them is getting paid. Let me tell you in Florida, how annoying is it? We had something, I want to say it was like 20 winnable or competitive statewide legislature seats that our state party completely did nothing
0: about. And Richard brings up a very good point. Yes. Val Demings got an exceptional amount of money for a race that couldn't be won. She outspent Rubio by $25 million only to lose by 17 points instead of 20. It's like, yeah. See,
1: that is where it's your, what that is. That is the prime example of the consultant class suckling at the teeth. It is. They made a fortune on that campaign. It went absolutely nowhere. It didn't forward any mission, any party, any anything. And they made a fortune on it.
0: And That's what's it. frustrating.
1: So those kinds of campaigns are infuriating. Losing isn't the problem.
0: Neoliberal, I'm not going to say his name, but yes, he is one of those guys. That is absolutely one of those guys. He's part of that group, if you will. That is, And again, the, the, especially for young people. This is a very well-paying career to just basically be a total, you know, sycophant for the party establishment. Well, we know a Talk lot of people that aren't way... young that do it too. Let's be real. Oh, absolutely. I we totally know plenty agree.
1: of useful tool idiots for the party.
0: And then you get, then you really think about, you know, this bigger problem here. And again, one thing, Richard, that you bring up, which is a very good point, because there was this thought process of, well, the Democrats are being abandoned in the state of Florida. Charlie Kristen have a lot of money. Well, guess what? Val Demings did have a lot of money and it didn't make any difference whatsoever. No, it wouldn't have mattered. The mission, the message you, you if you had twenty five million less than what Val Demings had, but your mission and your message was correct. And you had the credentials to back it up. Let me tell mm-hmm. you that would cause a stir. This is an economic populist state. Frankly, probably most states in the South are economically populist. Yeah. Most people are just not being approached that way because again, it's a game.
1: Well, that's what I've been saying <clears throat> a lot lately. Florida is not as much a red state as we're a red legislature. Our state is actually purple and fairly populist. Uh, it's really not a red state. The legislature is 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 too far gone. And a perfect that's, example that, of that's that. That's way red. And a
0: perfect example of how they absolutely do this as part of a, it's part of a plan, if you will, is that Anthony Nieves, who probably only needed great about candidate. ten dollars to $15,000, that's it. And the worst part about it, the worst part. This is
1: someone running for state legislature that the Democrats didn't put any effort into who was a great candidate. Not
0: only did they not put any effort into it, he is in the same area region that Val Demings is from. She gets all that money, to waste it on a campaign that can't be won, where meanwhile you got somebody locally that could have easily made the difference. Yep. Taken and, Take and, and, and switched seat
1: right in our legislature. Well, that's the thing. The Democrats put no resources behind winnable seats here. They throw all their money into the statewide race that can't be win. They can't be won. Wait, what I mean, they really were wasting their time. And the thing is, is that they really don't have good candidates. I'm sorry, Charlie Chris is a horrible candidate.
0: Horrible candidate. Yeah. Horrible and, candidate. and you know what? The, and, the, and the more sad part about it is that when I went to the Democratic Party gala in Orlando, which was about a year before the actual primary election took place, and I remember calling Jen walking out of there. He say, yeah, Charlie's, Charlie's going to be the Charlie's nominee.
1: That's nominee. what he, he walked so, out. He goes, yeah, they're going to pick Charlie.
0: And this is, but this also goes to show you how the bench, it doesn't exist. And I think how, at that point I said, and it'll go nowhere. Uh, correct. But again, it speaks to the bigger problem. And yes, notary Gerrymandering is a problem on both sides, no matter how many ways you slice it. Is it a problem in the Demo- um, for Democrats in this state because of the GOP? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, but the Democrats screw over their own in New York with the gerrymandering. Do. They do the so same it, thing it in matter.
0: California. Again, it's a dirty effing game. And the best thing that's happened recently in terms of electoral politics is Jane, Polish last name. Judge with, P. Judge P., Prozosai
1: protoseicowitz? Proseowitz. Judge P up. John in-
0: Nichols, if you see this correct no, us please. so we can say, pro, it pro, say By her winning and flipping it from Republican or from conservative to liberal on the court. That is gonna make a significant difference. For this reason, Wisconsin is one of the absolute worst gerrymandered states in the country. A thousand percent neoliberal. That is a true progressive populist state. Now, they will vote Libertarian Red, and yes, they voted for Ron Johnson. Um, Maybe they run bad candidates on purpose. Uh, You think? Of course they do.
1: Hence, uh, Joe Biden. You thought he was a good candidate? What are you talking about? They just. The truth is they don't have anybody because they don't stand for anything. They stand for nothing. And when you stand for nothing, you are nothing. So I don't know what it is. Like- I don't like the Republican platform. I never have. It's not my bag. It's not my thing. I don't like what they stand for. But they stand for something. Yeah,
0: and they stand for something that clearly a lot of the people that support them believe And again, I'm not supporting it. I don't like
1: it. But the reason that Democrats can't get anywhere is because they don't stand for anything other than saying we're better than them. But based on what? Now,
0: let's see just how big of a momentum movement it actually gets. When push comes to shove, let's see how these guys actually vote. Let's see if we're sitting in a circumstance in the not too distant future where you have people who are a growing movement on the right who are sick and tired of the corporate money, of the corruption, of all of that. Well, let's see if you start pushing them because we know what the Democratic side does. Let's see how the Republicans respond to it. Because eventually the walls come closing in. You can't have it going from one side because all it's going to do is just drift things to the right. But if people on the Republican side start saying, oh, no, I don't want this corporate money anymore. Eventually what you do is you end up in the middle and they get squished because people are getting sick of this. And how could you not? In a way, maybe we do deserve to have Joe Biden and Joe and and Donald Trump, because at some point someone's going to say, I can't take this anymore.
1: I would argue we're getting exactly what we deserve. But then yeah. again, I always argue that everybody gets what they deserve because I just believe that's how the universe works. But we've definitely set this up for ourselves. And anybody that that is not at least waking up to that and seeing it and understanding it, but it's like, it's hard because people are so tribal, but guys, the parties is just this facade. We're in a class war. We are. We're in a class war. And it's very frustrating because this is the kind of thing that as soon as... This is why Democrats, I think, drag their feet with getting with labor, because they know if they actually get with labor and labor really is able to take over the party, then their elitist selves would really have to either switch over to the Republican side or have nowhere else to go. Well, you notice
0: how the Democrats have welcomed in all of the uh, neocon Republicans, oh, yeah. and that's been talked about a lot. They the way American, prefer them. Steve, uh, Steve um, who was the guy that worked on McCain's campaign? I'm forgetting his name. You asked me like I would know these things. Anyway, uh, you have... Crystal, you have David from all of these guys, and David from is one of the absolute. Uh, uh, when David he is, rears like, David his Frum. head
1: out, I just want to like punch it back in.
0: David from is like John Podesta. He's like yeah, Debbie. He's Hillary. Is they need to go the worst of the worst. And he's a war criminal as far as I'm concerned.
1: I will. to me, everybody affiliated with, like, the past four presidential administrations are war criminals. Um, Can you
0: not do I'm this? I'm trying uh, not to do anything.
1: Just bad. What is it you want
0: to do? Well, our crowd keeps growing, which is kind of interesting. Well, I, I don't know why. why. So, yeah. guys,
1: what was really fun, for anybody who's new and joining us, we just came from, and I'm calming down a little bit from my nice little drunkenness, <laughs> because we went out and we. it was fun. I got to meet um, Max Alvarez in person, was which was line? really cool, yes. Okay. And... Um, that was really fun, guys. If you're not familiar, we of course had, have had maps on multiple times. And he is somebody who is, yes, a real journalist for the Real News Network. If you guys don't watch the Real News Network, but it was really fun meeting him in person. And yes, I got to meet Ryan Grimm in person this morning today, which was yeah, kind of good fun good. too. Yeah, I like Ryan Grimm. He's do you good want normal. yours? I don't want to. I don't. I'm going to wait until you want to like rap and do what you want to do.
0: Oh well I'm
1: um, I don't want to sit here and eat with everybody watching right. me. I, mean, I don't need to eat on camera. Do, do you have other things you want to cover?
0: Uh, I just like the fact that we have a nice little crowd going right now and don't want to, you know, you gotta give the audience what they what want. What does the
1: audience want? Okay, so the only hope for America is to destroy the Democratic Party. We have to, Well, yeah, but it's more amount the more the bigger issue is to have a labor party. If we had a labor party of some kind in this country. Um, then that would be okay. Uh, Obviously, I'd like to have multiple parties. It would be nice. The more the merrier. Um, I'd rather have like more of a parliamentarian type of, a parliamentary type of system. But um, the Democratic Party in and of itself is irrelevant. We don't need to do anything to it. It would gradually be completely obsolete if we had a Labour Party. The Democratic Party would just gradually fold into the Republican Party, or maybe it would sort of morph into that, and then the Republicans would go more to the right. I don't know. But the issue isn't what happens to the Democrats. The issue is how do we get a Labour Party? How do we get Labour represented? And right now, there's a few different things going on. So you have people like Shama Sawant that are on the outside that are forming um, labor coalitions. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in that capacity, but we still need to have an inside movement with labor. And unfortunately, right now, the best we're going to do with the inside strategy is really trying to force the Democrats to merge back with labor. And we're really having, I'd say, better luck on that um, for a lot of people, more on local and, and state, but it's happening but that's what has to happen. I mean, yes, I agree. The, the current incarnation of the Democratic Party, which is basically Republican light, um, yeah, it it just serves no purpose. There's no point to it. It it doesn't serve any purpose. It doesn't represent any different demographic than the Republicans do, except for they're just pro-choice people. Um, or not even that. I don't, I don't know. But like, you know, but the issue isn't what happens to them. I actually don't care one way or the other what happens to the Democratic Party. Now, if we can somehow merge them with labor and get that back in line the way it it, it was originally in the way it's meant to be. And we have a labor party, then the Democrats is fine. You can call it whatever you want to call it. Now, if the Democrats aren't going to eventually get on board with that, then I would like to see a groundswell of labor movement coming up that would eventually challenge that either as a political party or get to the point where they just can no longer, the Democrats can't function without incorporating them somehow. So I'm kind of with both of that. But, yeah, getting rid of the Dems doesn't solve the problem of creating a labor party. No,
0: you need the inside out.
1: Yeah, that's the problem. You get rid of the Dems. I mean, look, I, I wish we had no parties. I'd like to have
0: no parties. That's what George Washington wanted.
1: I'd like no parties. I'd like and if we didn't have parties and everybody just sort of voted for people based on populist ideas and went with majority rule, we would be living in a, in a society where our policy reflected our public opinion.
0: Well, notary, as Jen often likes to say, it would be nice if we had two parties. We don't have a party no. of labor. We have two corporate parties. Right. And just masquerade as being different. The only reason why we ever get anything talked about, like with the trans issues and abortion is because the wedge issues will always dominate. There will never be a time where there's gonna be this rad, raucous debate about universal health care from two corporate parties. Not yeah. happening. You ever, you ever wonder why, when it comes to the Gen Zers, for example, that get the very big megaphones? By
1: Labor Party, do I mean formal third party? I would support that a 1,000%. I'd love that. But, I'm for trying all of it.
0: But you have to remember that there's a reason why the gun debate makes it front and center all day, every day. And that these kids are out there talking about, well, I want to feel safe in school. It's like they know that something is severely wrong with this country. Economic anxiety has a lot to do with it. And that's why people kill. That's why people kill and take themselves. They have to take people with them. It's their way of basically their last hurrah of saying F you to the world.
1: I just think people are so desperate and miserable. And it's just that's the bigger issue, not the guns. The guns isn't. I mean, the guns is it's a symptom. Let me it's tell you definitely something. a symptom of a sick society. Take somebody
0: like the, the most noted of the, the person with the most notoriety of an activist who's down here in South Florida, which, of course, is David Hoke. If he got on his megaphone with his million plus followers and started talking nonstop about how we need universal health care in the United States, watch how fast the Democratic Party runs away from him and never gives him a platform again, because that's what will happen. That's how this works.
1: They, they're only willing to hear what they're willing to hear. Um, I love Shama, and I know, and I, a lot of people probably have suggested that she run for a different office. She, let me say something about her. She's extremely bright. And the best thing about her is she totally knows where she best is going to serve. She knows exactly what her strengths are. She knows exactly where her power base is, and she knows exactly how to do what she needs to do to do the best that she can do. So she's going to put herself in whatever position it is, whether it's in an um, outside strategy, whatever. She knows what she needs to do to be most effective. That's what Shama Sawant is.
0: For as little as $5 a month, you can become a wonderful subscriber, a supporter patron of our channel. And Patreon. I would love to talk to her. Patreon.com forward slash generational change. We're going to get it. We'll get her eventually. At least I love you, I'm Shama Sawant. If you do $10 a month, you're going to get the Lulu sticker and the bumper sticker, who is, of course, who we still believe is going to be the next president, Mansion Parliamentarian. Mansion
1: Parliamentarian, Don't forget guys.
0: On Status Quo News, who a lot of you guys watch, let's be honest, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, you know, we also are very happy to see that Jordan Cheriton is displaying the Mansion Parliamentarian bumper So, guys, sticker.
1: that Mansion Parliamentarian, and look, we're starting to get into it with the candidates. Mm. All right, now we've got like some viable things happening. We also have
0: to get get on the lady from, um, I wanna say, I can't even think of it right now. Vote for the real power in the party, people. Yes,
1: These are the two people that are the reason we couldn't get um, the $15 minimum wage. And I believe the other deal, what was the one, the build back better. Like these are the reason why we can't have nice things. Let's put them in charge. If you have that much power,
0: be in charge. You know, here's the thing. Everyone has this belief in their mind. Oh, and of course, for $25 a month, you can get the generational change tribe blend wonderful t-shirt. You get the jersey. Like and then, of course, for those of you who do not want to put your information on the grid, which is certainly understandable, what we would ask is that you go to cash app, dollar sign gen change. That makes a huge difference in any and all support that you give. But of course, liking, subscribing, sharing, doing all those things. Clicking the bell so that you know when we are going live is also very very important. So,
1: oh yeah, we always have the rotating villain, and Jordan does rock. I don't have thoughts on the debt ceiling. I really don't. I'll defer to my friend Steve Grumbine about things like the debt ceiling. I can't get into that. um,
0: But the fact is, voodoo math. What what ultimately ends up happening because we are a currency issuer. And that we can print money. The reason we cannot control inflation is much like what happened during COVID, is that the money always ends up going where it doesn't need to go, and where it does need to go, never gets there. You mean for like the Clinton there. Foundation? How about the fact that Tom Brady got a million in PPP loan money, which oh. is just insane? Tom Brady. So the fact that, that happened, oh, so notary, thank you, brother, very much appreciated. Although you, could you be just have right to thing.
1: hit it in the middle of it. Oh, okay. When you hit it on the sides, it does different things. I don't really like doing
0: but the fact that you are willing to give us a super right. sticker is super duper awesome. Thank you, notary. I'm
1: also a notary by the way. Mm. Did you know
0: that? I didn't. I
1: actually that. am a notary.
0: Well, that's very impressive. Well, I just,
1: not really, but it's just kind of funny that is.
0: Well, scary. there was one comment that was made, I think by, well this by Richard. Somebody uh, no, Drew Chains, Drew Chains, good to see you. All democratic strategists are COVID deniers too. You see, this is the difference between what RFK is saying versus what a lot of other people say. There are people who literally deny COVID, that it wasn't deadly, that it was just made up. It was actually the flu. I don't know that I deny.
1: agree that all democratic strategists are COVID I know a lot of democratic strategists that were pretty pro mask, pro vaccine. Yeah, no, like I, I don't know what you're I mean, I don't know what that's about. You just have to hit it like in the middle of it and not on the edges because on the edges, it'll do other things.
0: Absolutely. And mean master, you are correct. This is an issue that goes back and forth constantly. There is no end in sight. And again, the goal here is to make sure that you don't have a living wage. You don't have universal health care. You cannot stay poor, stay poor and stay forever, forever until you wake up and realize, oh, yeah, that's right. There are more of us than there are of them. They answer to us, not the other way around. But people eventually have to get together. Uh, yes. Do we
1: have anything interesting coming up?
0: Well, my birthday is on Saturday. Besides your birthday, coordinate.
1: guys, tomorrow there will be a Gen
0: Z report. Yes, there will. Uh, I am going. We are very likely going to do a like a birthday podcast slash fundraiser, uh, depending on who we can get to come on on Monday. We'll see how that ends up going. Uh, if not, we do have some interesting guests lining up, which is yeah going to be great and. <clears throat> Uh can't think of them off the top of my head at the moment because I'm not looking at a calendar, but we are obviously, ve- thank you, Josh. We are very appreciative for each and every one of you who are here today. Uh, yes, I will. This
1: was, I think this is the first time you and I have ever, no, we did it once in Cleveland, I think. We did a live did. where it was
0: the two of us were in a, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but this has been really good. We're glad a lot of you guys were able to come on late, and of course, it's not a surprise. But after like ten o'clock, ten fifteen, that's when the crowd really started to pick up. We were sitting with like six or seven people for a while, and got often to like then we people. had like another twenty people join. But us. But those so first like six
1: people are usually my favorite people.
0: Well, who's Josh the Junkie has been here pretty much from the very beginning.
1: I appreciate uh, it, man.
0: Uh, I we appreciate also want to give it. A shout out, of course, again. Uh, our favorite question, people to notary even though he came late he chipped in that's more than enough uh support. Oh, thank
1: you yeah we really appreciate it mean guys. master's
0: been here most of the night uh we're grateful for each and every one of you that we
1: are out. we know that we're small and we know that we're mighty and we know that we have certain limited resources but we really do care and we really do try to put out information that we think is useful and we're really working towards a mission
0: we are I think we're doing a pretty decent job of that. But remember to like, subscribe, share, do all those wonderful things that we ask you to do constantly because it really does make a difference. We have some good clips coming out. I'm sure, you'll check them out. Until then, my buzz is worn other- off. Yes, on the other side of forty, gotta eat some grub. We'll see you next week.
1: Bye all.